0: This episode of Discovering Trek is brought to you exclusively by Fansets. Later on in this episode, we'll have a special discount offer code just for Discovering Trek listeners. Discover a whole new universe of pin collectibles with Fansets online at fansets.com.
1: A tardigrade, a repair droid, and a unique history of the USS Enterprise. The latest Short Trek has beamed down in all its animated glory in a quick nine-minute adventure that follows a tardigrade mother-to-be, as well as the history of one of the most recognizable starships in all the universe. How is this possible in such a short and fun animated episode? Well, let's find out. Welcome aboard, everyone. My name is Dan Davidson, and we are Discovering Trek. Welcome one and all to Discovering Trek, the Star Trek Discovery Companion, presented by Fansets. It may not be Discovery, but Short Treks are still an important part of the season, so here we are ready to dive into the latest mini-episode called Ephraim and Dot, and for the first time in over 45 years, the Star Trek universe is being brought to us in animated form, and it was certainly a sight to behold. As always, this is the premier podcast for the most in-depth discussion and analysis about all things Star Trek Discovery, even Short Treks. And even though this is the shortest of the Short Treks yet, it may be the longest-spanning Trek in recent memory as events from TOS all the way up through Star Trek Three were showcased in a way that made this podcaster smile from ear to ear. But I'm not the only podcaster on this show today, or any day we record Discovering Trek, and it's time to introduce my trusted partner. When he's ready to lay his eggs and become a proud parent, you can bet that my engine room will be ready to keep the little buggers warm as long as they need to. He is my good friend, my brother in Trek, and my amazing number one. He is Bill Smith. And Bill, I got to say, uh, this one took me by surprise at how much I enjoyed it. And um, congratulations on the uh, upcoming little
0: buggers. Thanks, buddy. Um, I'm a little concerned about the connotation no. of, of me keeping my eggs in your engine room but that's that's neither here nor there I'm excited to be here to talk about like you said the first animated Star Trek in in close to 45 years this is this is fantastic and, and we get two on the same day which was was even better so uh lots of great stuff to talk about here and I'm excited to, to do it
1: it really was um, something that I was uh, anticipating greatly. You know, we went through see it or skip it with the the animated series. Uh, uh, a- Kind of a couple, I think it was a couple years ago that we did it. It was way back over in Trek Geeks. And and I really got an appreciation for the animated series watching it. But I'll tell you what, knowing that there were two animated shorts coming from Short Treks, I was really excited, looking forward to it, a little nervous at the same time. uh, But I'm glad we finally get to talk about them because uh, there's lots to talk about. Before we do that, though, Bill, um, where might anyone uh, who wants to tell us about their thoughts of Ephraim and Dot get in touch with us? Priority one message from Starfleet
0: coming in on Secured Channel. Well, Dan, in the Twitterverse, you can discover us at Discovering Trek. And on Ye Old Book of Faces... You can follow us at Facebook.com slash Trek. In either place, you can leave us comments, ask questions, or even tell us what you think we could see in the remaining short treks for this season. You can also send us a voicemail by going to our website at trekgeeks.com and clicking on the giant blue button. Please do remember, though, that any comments you leave us could be used in a future episode of Discovering Trek. Dan?
1: Thank you very much, Bill. Black alert. Black alert. From here on in, folks, this episode of Discovering Trek contains spoilers, so if you haven't watched Star Trek's Short Trek, Ephraim and Dot, stop listening right now. Head on over to CBS All Access or wherever you watch Short Treks, watch the episode, and then head back on over to Discovering Trek. Failure to do that puts you at risk to find out plot developments and character details for Ephraim and Dot. And now, without further ado, it is the quadrant-famous six-sentence recap Starring Bill Smith.
0: Bill? Oh, thank you very much, buddy. It's a joy to be here today. (laughs) Well, this one, it was a little tough because, I mean, it's animated. You know, you wonder, does it have a plot? But then this, this episode demonstrates very well. It has a very definite plot, and it's pretty wonderful. So Ephraim the Tardigrade is cruising through space looking for a safe spot to to lay some Tardigrade eggs. That's what Tardigrades kind of do. The Enterprise seems like it will do nicely to have these eggs mature and hatch. A Dot 7 maintenance robot has another plan. Ephraim and Dot engage in a seemingly decades-long Tom and Jerry-like duel. The Enterprise is destroyed, but not before Dot gives the eggs a safe place to hide. And a happy Tardigrade family is reunited dan brings a tear to my eye and golf a song clap. to my
1: heart golf clap very well done as always the six second recaps are are, are becoming legendary um we may have to talk about that for season three of discovery because that'll <laughs>
0: that, be a challenge that's that's super hard to do though because those plots started to become so involved that we had a hard time doing it in in less than 10 minutes so um uh, we'll see i'll talk with the executive producer Uh, He's kind of a jerk. (laughs) Trainees, To the briefing room.
1: Well, Bill, as we gather in the briefing room to start our discussion on Epferm and Dot, uh, as always, we want to get some high-level thoughts, thumbs up, thumbs down, and a quick uh, analysis of why. So I gave this one a thumbs up. I have to admit I had been looking forward to this one for a while, but as I said earlier, I was a little nervous. We're back to animation for the first time in 45 years. Is it going to work? Is it going to be as bad as some of the animation was in the animated series even though it's a it's something I've, I've learned to enjoy then before i started the episode on cbs all access i saw that it was less than nine minutes long and i got even more worried that it would be too short then i watched it and i loved it yeah there were some mistakes and we're gonna get into them because there were some big ones um, but it didn't take away from the enjoyment factor in the slightest for me so i gave it a thumbs up how about you
0: I gave it a thumbs up too. It was just fun. Mm. I mean, I loved it. You, you think some of the greatest cartoons that uh, that have ever been made in the history of, of Hollywood or in entertainment were five minutes or less. And I'm talking some of the classic Looney Tunes, like What's Opera Doc or some of the classic Tom and Jerry's. So this one was essentially twice as long as some of you know the most legendary cartoons ever produced. And... Th- It it was amazing. If you're looking at these episodes as serious canon, truly, just walk away now, because that's not what these are. It's a short story. It's designed to be fun. It's designed to bring in a different audience, which we'll talk about later. Um, But it's a great story and a fun one at that.
1: Absolutely agree. Lots of things that were likable. Uh, in this episode, so let's get right into it. And I and we've we've touched on it a couple of times already, as as we've been sitting here talking for only a few minutes. And it's the animation. That's one of the first things that I wanted to point out as a like. You know, we we joke about some of the poor animation in the animated series. How in one in one scene, Scotty's got a mustache, and then they show the transporter, and then they show him back at the controls, and his mustache is gone, and then it's there again, and. Pink Tribbles and this, that, and the other thing. So you also look at other animation back from that time that can be so good. So what are we going to get? Of course, technology has advanced so much uh, over the last 40 years. I thought the animation in this was wonderful. It was bright. It was vibrant. It had layers. And I really, really thought they did a fantastic job with the animation. And I'm I'm pretty sure you're going to agree with that.
0: Oh, without a doubt. It's also, you know, my first like of the episode. You know, you figure CBS is not afraid to be dumping money into producing Star Trek. And they've proven with with this episode and with the one that follows that it doesn't matter what format it's in. You know, in the 70s when when the filmation cartoon was being produced, filmation was selected specifically because they were cheap. And the end product showed. The stories were still very Star Trek. But what was shown on the screen was sort of a path of least resistance in many ways. Uh, That is not true of Ephraim and Dot. This is high-quality animation that is produced extremely well, and it's directed very well. I have to say, Michael Giacchino does uh, an amazing job not only with the score, but also with directing the episode. So, yeah, the animation was spot-on for me.
1: It makes me really look forward to what we're... Going to be getting later on, I'm not exactly sure when, with the two planned animated series that are, that are going to be coming out uh, on CBS All Access and Nickelodeon. I, this may be completely different type of animation, but now that I've seen new animation of Star Trek, it really makes me look forward to the ones that'll be coming out, lower decks and the yet
0: to be named Nickelodeon series. I, I love the the Tom and Jerry feel of this particular Best. short track because it shows to me that something that we've taken for granted is entertainment as, you know, for all our lives. Something you can still watch on cable today mm-hmm. translates very well into the Star Trek universe. It's it's a great example that not everything you see on screen with Star Trek in the name has to be part of an overreaching canon uh, or con- or continuity. As this as this episode points out, but it, it doesn't have to be taken seriously. We can take chances with Star Trek, and it's okay.
1: I absolutely agree. Uh, the thing that I loved about the most about this episode. And I didn't want to list it first because the animation was very important to talk about. And that's the Easter eggs that were thrown into this episode. I had no idea what to expect with this. I didn't know that this was going to be what was happening. I don't think a lot of people did. I tried to stay away from anything um, online. But I got to tell you, man, when I first heard Khan's voice, and that was the start of all the different Easter eggs that they threw into this episode... I was just giddy. My wife, I I probably like missed a couple of things because I was like just excited and yelling. And my wife was watching with me, but you had, you had, um, you had Khan, you had the naked, uh the naked now. Um, naked time. The naked time. Excuse me, don't want to confuse that with the next generation mm-hmm. episode. Um, you had all kinds of great things. You had the Doomsday Machine, and you had Who Mourns for Adnae? And you had Savage Curtain, Star Trek Two, Star Trek Three, just a ton of Star Trek history thrown into this quick eight, and a half, uh, eight minutes, fifty-six seconds. Uh, short track. And it, it worked on so many levels. We'll get into the errors later because that's an important part of this discussion. But it made this episode so fun to have that nostalgia and relive those moments um, in this short short track.
0: I looked at it as a love letter to original series fans. Mm-hmm. Um, and Michael Giacchino, I mean, let's be honest, he is a Star Trek fan. These moments are in there because um <laughs> because the people who wrote the episode and the people who directed it um decided that, yeah, that was going to be awesome. Let's show this as sort of happening in parallel, and I thought it was a brilliant decision um uh, Some of the execution m- could have been a little better, but even with the errors i it doesn't really bother me. I still love the episode
1: that's an important point even with the and that's something i put in uh, i've said even with the errors it didn't take away from the enjoyment of the episode one of the things i liked also uh my last like of the discussion is the ending it was very i don't know if sweet's the right word it was a touching ending uh with the the tardigrade thinking that all of her eggs are destroyed and you find out that this that this robot that she's been battling with for decades, as it, as it turns out with the history of the Enterprise, is the one that saved them all before the ship uh, was destroyed. And I thought that was really great. I, th- I thought it was cute. And um, it's another aspect that, uh, of Star Trek that I, I, I like. And I thought, they, I thought they ended it on a very, very high note.
0: Well, they ended it on a very Star Trek note, hmm. um, which is the best part about it. You know, you wonder how it's going to end. I mean, this this struggle goes on. Apparently, the dot seven can can taser things, which is cool. Um, apparently, there's airlocks all over the place that we didn't know about, which is even better. And windows. And windows. <laughs> but um, the fact that this ends the way it does, and that the dot seven essentially sacrifices itself to save the tardigrade eggs, mm-hmm. is is something that speaks to the very core of Star Trek. Even the dot seven was Starfleet. And you know, down to its very last circuit, and I think that that's I think that that's pretty fantastic.
1: Yeah. Well, even as much as we enjoyed it, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about what a lot of people are talking about. Um, some people a little bit way over the top. I would I would say, in my humble opinion, and that is the errors that were that took place with some of the animation and some of the continuity. One of the things that I at least can appreciate is that uh, Michael uh, Giacchino has admitted. That there were these errors, the biggest one being the NCC-1701A on the hull of the Enterprise, and hinted that it's going to be fixed. So I'm thinking what they're going to do is they're going to go in and they're going to re-edit this episode. And if we watch it again in the coming weeks or months, I'm betting that that A is not going to be there and they're going to have, have corrected that error because it was it was pretty glaring.
0: It was, but it still didn't bother me. No, it didn't bother um, me either. Yep. Bit, you had to be, be very be paying very specific attention for that very quick moment where you saw the A, mm-hmm. um, and that's fine. People were, and I get it. We're Star Trek fans. This is part of what we do. But at the end of the day, is it is it a cardinal sin? No, I don't think it is. It, it's yeah. a it's an animated short, um, right? It's, it's not meant to be taken seriously. Could, trouble, they ha- man. could they have done a little more continuity research? Sure. But that doesn't take away from the actual plot and message of the episode, I think. Yeah. Um, I think that at the end of the day, even though some Star Trek fans will say, this is major stuff, I think it's really minor.
1: It is minor. And you had you had other things. Um, you you mentioned the continuity. The episode were not in order of of what we saw them on. Uh, for example, Khan did not take place before uh, the Naked Time. Right. Um, but the, but that's okay. The other thing that I th- I thought was interesting and thought was kind of funny, um, actually, was the engine room. If I remember correctly, when the Enterprise went through the refit, the engine room completely changed, yet the eggs were in the same kind of engine room that we saw in the original series Enterprise when it was in the movie version of the Enterprise. I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh,
0: that's true. There's also <laughs> the window in sickbay. Um, there's the color of the blankets in sickbay. Mm-hmm. Um, people go, well, you know, there could have been a window in sickbay. We wouldn't have seen it. No, not where it was, because the bed con was in... Um, <laughs> or where we were looking at, we should have seen a camera on the other side of them um, because that space behind them was actually a wall in Sick Bay with a hallway behind it. So uh, again, but I, I don't care about that stuff because it it's a cartoon. It's
1: I think it was made to be as a watcher an oblique moment because it was and i mean that in the most positive sense hmm. we're sitting there watching the tardigrade and all of a sudden we hear ricardo montalban's voice and we're like what and then we see and by way of the tardigrade being able to see it is through the window i thought it worked i didn't care that it was not sickbay's not completely you know at the edge of the saucer uh, on the real blueprints uh, it was fun and that's what I wish more people would take into consideration when they start talking about these okay. things. Yeah, you can have a problem with it. Yeah, it was wrong when you look at the overall uh, canon universe of Star Trek, which sometimes I like to blow it out of a canon. Um, but <laughs> it, still, it still made it, it – it was still enjoyable and did not take away anything for me.
0: I agree with you. I mean, there are people for whom it did. I understand um, but that's not a reason to reel against how, how they perceive uh, Star Trek Discovery or Alex Kurtzman has ruined Star Trek because that's really not what this is about. Mm-hmm. It's about uh, errors that weren't caught. Um, is it the end of the world? No. No, it's really not. Because it's not like we have a, a series called Ephraim Dot debuting on CBS All Access anytime soon or Nickelodeon uh-huh. for that matter. Um, but it's, it, it is what it is. I mean, if you put this in perspective, if this had happened in Star Trek Discovery. Um, it'd uh-huh. be a lot different discussion. But, again, let's have perspective on this. It's an animated short. Um, not the end of the world. The deflector dish wasn't working, Bill. <laughs> Sick bay's in the most protected part of the ship, Dan. It doesn't oh. have a window. Man, his hand wasn't that big,
1: Apollo's, wasn't well, it? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's, <laughs> that's a tough sell. Anything else you gotta have for dislikes? I mean, it was so fun and cute. There, there really isn't a lot other than the continuity errors. It just and the and the and the Enterprise A thing. Not I really. think
0: I think the gatekeeping on this episode has really bothered me more than anything in the episode. Um, you know, there are people out there who have been very strident in their hatred for the episode, and that's different from people who liked it and had issues. Mm. Um, it's uh, people who just take. Star Trek far too seriously like they have an ownership of it even though they're just a fan just like the rest of us so uh really that that has been my biggest dislike of this entire short Trek are the people who were going to complain about it no matter what and then saw these small errors as uh, reasons to shout even louder
1: I actually like the fact that one of your biggest dislikes doesn't have anything to do with the episode that tells you how good
0: the episode was Uh, Agreed. I mean, yeah. if you look at the message and the plot of this episode, there, it's impossible to say it's not Star Trek. This week's episode is brought to you by Fansets, the presenting sponsor for Discovering Trek. You know, Dan, we're more than halfway through the Short Treks for this year, and we have loved all of them. Another thing we love is Fansets. It's no surprise to anyone who listens to the Trek Geeks podcast network that we think Fansets' products and services are second to none. Their line of almost 200 Star Trek pins is out of this world, no pun intended, and we are thrilled that this year's special holiday edition pin, number one from the upcoming Star Trek Picard series, is now available at the Fansets website. Also available is the very cool number one dog tag. Now this one is special because the folks at Fansets put a hole in the top of the pin so you You can actually attach it to your pet's collar. That's pretty ingenious, man. That
1: is ingenious. And speaking of geniuses, Bill, Fansets has more than just Star Trek pins available. Their latest release is something right up our alley, and I am very excited about this. The Big Bang Theory pins are now available at fansets.com. You can purchase an entire special introductory set of the Big Bang Theory logo. Sheldon, Amy, Leonard, Penny... Howard, Bernadette, and Raj right now, or you can get them individually as they were released, two at a time, over the next several months. But why wait? Go get the whole set right now, folks. It's really no surprise that math, science, history unraveled all the mysteries that all
0: started with the Big Bang, Bill. It would only have been better if you'd sung that, but (laughs) then there's Spotify. True. Yeah. So just stop. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, the Big Bang Theory, now. The Flintstones and Scooby Doo coming soon, and Dan, get this: Batman '66 just announced as also coming in 2020. I tell you, the folks at FanSets are on a roll, and we want you to save some money just for listening to Discovering Trek. So head on over to Fansets.com, put a bunch of stuff in your cart, including those Big Bang Theory pins and the Number One pins, and enter the special Discovering Trek discount code: Discovering Trek. Yep, it's really just that simple. Discovering Trek. All caps, no spaces. That's going to get you fifteen percent off your entire order at fansets.com. com. Batman sixty six. Batman sixty six. You is know we huge. watched that as kids. Yep. This is an amazing line that Fansets has thrown out there, and I, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have to get them. I, I hope that they have the Batman with the shark attached to his leg. <laughs> they, need, they need a special pin of just the bat shark repellent.
1: <laughs> oh man, that's great. Fansets. We are Star Trek, and as always, we thank our friends at Fansets for being the exclusive sponsor of Discovering Trek. Hey, Bill, one of the great things about these Short Treks is that
0: sometimes we get more than one, and that means we're going to be back real soon, doesn't it? Oh, indeed it does, Dan. Next time we're going to be back to give our thoughts on the second of the animated Short Treks that were recently released entitled The Girl Who Made the Stars. Until then, remember that you can subscribe to Discovering Trek by searching for us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Plus, now you can support Discovering Trek and the Trek Geeks network of podcasts by subscribing to us on Patreon. Get access to raw, unedited audio of all of our podcasts, exclusive bonus content not available anywhere else, and, well, so many other perks, Dan.
1: Yeah, and speaking of Patreon, Bill, we'd like to take a moment to recognize the following amazing producers for Discovering Trek. We are so thankful for their support. Thank you, Ken Tripp, Casey Shafsky, Charlie Mulvey, Chris Trebuzio, Craig Ewing, Eric Extreme, Jackie and Chris Hackney, Leonel Marchand, Matt McGonigal, Mike Bovia, Harry Michelson, Patrick Escudero, Sean O'Holloran, Peter Craig, Ben Russett, Ken Bird, Jamie Rogers,
0: David Hood, Rachel Delaney, and the lovely and talented Jess Vashon. If you would like to become a producer of Discovering Trek, head on over to patreon.com slash trekgeeks today, where subscription levels start as low as $1 a month.
1: Well, Bill, well, folks, that's it for us and our discussion on Short Trek's Ephraim and Dot. It's, it's, it's just so great to see animated Star Trek return to the small screen and makes us look forward to the new animated shows slated for release in the near future. So what did you think? Was it a hit? Was it a miss? Hit us up on Facebook and Twitter and let us know your thoughts about the episode and Discovering Trek as well. We thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to listen to us talk about the entertaining chapter we just saw in the Star Trek universe, and we look forward to sitting down again soon to talk more about The Girl Who Made the Stars. Until then, here are some words of wisdom from Constable Odo. Too many people dream of places they'll never go. Wish for things they'll never have, instead of paying adequate attention to their real lives. Thank you, Renee. You will be missed so very much. And until next time, never stop discovering. Music for Discovering Trek is provided by 5-Year Mission. They're writing one song for each episode of the original Star Trek. Download their music at 5
0: Discovering Trek, a Star Trek Discovery Companion is a production of Trek Geeks. Executive producer Dan Davidson. For even more Star Trek discussion, check out the Trek Geeks podcast,
1: available on Apple Podcasts and trekgeeks.com.